Today, February 2nd, we celebrate the feast day of the presentation of the Lord Jesus in the temple. This is exactly 40 days after Christmas, the, the nativity, the birth of the Lord, after, after which time, um, according to the custom of the Jewish people at the time, uh, the, the law of Moses, both the mother of the child and since it was a firstborn male child had to be purified or redeemed. Uh, the woman, every woman after childbirth, after 40 days for a boy and 80 days for a girl, had to be brought to the temple to offer a, a sacrifice, to be purified, to be, again, um, cleansed so that she can be part of the worshiping community, enter into the temple. But also for Jesus, the firstborn male, the son, uh, according to the tradition of the, the Exodus, the Paschal Lamb, remember in the, in the Exodus story when uh, the Israelites are slaves in Egypt, the plague, the final plague that makes Pharaoh release the, the Hebrew people out of slavery is the death of the firstborn son. And the angel of death goes all through Egypt. And it's through the sacrifice of the lamb, the lamb's blood on the, the Passover lamb, on the lintel of the doorways of the Hebrew people, uh, saves or ransoms those firstborn sons, all the, all the rest of the firstborns, all the Egyptian sons and all the animals that are firstborn um, are killed by the angel of death. So this tradition has continued on until the time of Mary and Joseph. So Jesus, being a, a good Jew, has to be brought into the temple to be redeemed. Now we know that that story, that, um, that historical fact of, of Israel's uh, liberation from slavery in Egypt was in God's providence, a foreshadowing of what he wanted to do for all of humanity, which was to free them from slavery to sin and death. So in a way, that Paschal Lamb is nothing but a foreshadowing, a symbol of the Paschal Lamb of Jesus, the Paschal mystery of the cross and resurrection and ascension and Pentecost that, that allows us, the Gentiles, the whole human race, to have access to true freedom, freedom from the slavery of the things that had had really been plaguing the human race since the beginning, which was the fact that we all die and the fact that we cannot obey God's will for our lives. And it creates all sorts of mayhem in our relationship with him, our relationship with ourselves, and our relationships with one another. And so Jesus being brought into the temple on his 40th day of, of earthly life is important because it's a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in another 33 years, which is his cross and resurrection, the, the, the paschal mystery. And so all of this history and all of this foreshadowing and all of this hope for the future of what could be and what is happening right here and right now in Jesus is wrapped up into this strange story of Mary and Joseph bringing the baby in and these prophets, Simeon and Anna, being the only ones who really realize what's going on, that this is a fulfillment of the hope of all of Israel for hundreds and thousands of years that the Lamb of God, the true Paschal Lamb, has entered into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, right now. And Simeon, who's been waiting his whole life for this prophecy to be fulfilled, the Holy Spirit had somehow revealed to him that he was going to be able to see the Christ of God before he died. Who knows how many years ago that prophecy was given to him. Could have been a young man at the time, and now he's old, and he's been waiting in the temple looking Imagine how many people brought their firstborn males, how many mothers came in to offer their turtle doves, their sacrifice to purify, and he's got the eyes to see. That's the one. That little couple from Nazareth. Those are the parents of God. It's crazy. But he was given this vision. And same with Anna, who had 
since she was a widow after seven years of marriage, let's say she was in her mid-twenties, had lived all the way till she was 80-something, 84, to, to wait for the Lord in the temple with fasting and prayer, so attentive to the working of God. And then there she's rewarded. She gets to see Jesus. She, she tells, and both Simeon and, and Anna have kind of rough things to say to Mary and Joseph, Simeon especially, that this child is destined for the rise and fall of many. Kind of haunting words. Imagine if, like, the priest at your uh, little cousin's baptism takes a little baby, pours the water over, and then at the end says, uh, by the way, the, this child is going to be like a fuller's lie or a refiner's fire. He's going to be the rise and fall of many in, in this nation. You know, it's like some really cryptic and, and uh, haunting prophecy about, but he sees who Jesus is, and it's true, isn't it? That as he grows up, you see how much of a lightning rod Christ the Lord is, that those who see him and want to follow are completely radically changed. And those who resist what God is doing through his loving mercy and his son Jesus are so angry they want to throw him off cliffs. They want to nail him to crosses. He is destined for the rise and fall of men. He doesn't look like much, a 40-day-old baby. But that's the way that God works in this hidden way. But it's so provocative, Right? What we may miss in this story is in the prophet Malachi, our first reading, it says that God's glory, his Shekinah in the Hebrew, will return to the temple. And that's what will be like a refiner's fire or a fuller's lie. A refiner's fire, by the way, is like this super hot fire that you put silver ore into to get all of the cruddy metals out so that it can just be pure silver. Like it's a really hot fire and it melts all this metal so that you can get out the baser metals and just have pure silver. A fuller was a person who bleached clothing to make it pure snow white. So he had all these caustic chemicals, lies and such, that they actually made you do it outside of the city because it was so smelly and gross. But it would take away every little bit of that cloth that wasn't pure white. So that's that's what Malachi is saying, that the glory of God when it returns is going to be like that purifying painful process, sometimes messy, sometimes smelly, that this glory of the Lord is coming in a way that's going to shock us. But what's implied in that is something kind of strange, which is that the glory of God has left the temple, right? You go to the temple mostly to, to be with God or to offer God something, to pray to him, to ask him for favors, to ask him to forgive you for your sins. It's not usually you waiting in the temple for God to come to you. You like, God's waiting for me there, and I'll go to him. But Israel had this sense that, no, the, the, the spirit had left. The glory had left. And that Jesus, he's the refiner's fire. He's the fuller's light. That finally, after all of this waiting, all this darkness and silence, God is back. I was just talking the other day to some um, young ladies here at the Newman Center. And one of them said something that really has struck me, and, and I've been praying with a lot. She said, I feel like sometimes we don't have a spiritual culture in the church. And I asked her what, what she meant by that. She said, well, I feel like if you come to the church, you should be able to feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's like, you're right. That sounds really simple, but you're right. She says, we're Christians. Why, when you're around other Christians, do you not always feel the Spirit? That's true. I don't always feel the Spirit when I walk into churches or when I'm around other people who are Christians. 
Sometimes we've, we've just kind of taken for granted that, well, the Spirit's around sometimes, but just not all the time. And have we given up hoping? Or are we like Simeon and Anna? Like, where is the Lord? Is he coming? Can we expect him to be here in the church? Like, he is. Don't get me wrong. Objectively, he is. The Spirit comes down upon the, the gifts of bread and wine and transforms them into Jesus. We receive him. We all have the Holy Spirit in us. But do we have that sense that he's really here transforming lives? That he's really a refiner's fire? That he's coming into your life, maybe in a way that's not a real flashy way. Maybe he's coming as like a month-old baby, like something very ignorable. But nevertheless, is a lightning rod, a provocative question. Do I follow or do I not? Do I say yes or do I say no? I'll finish with this. How does the Lord come? How does the Shekinah, the glory of God, come back to the temple? In the arms of young parents, pretty unremarkable folks, Mary and Joseph, not making a big flashy entrance. As a matter of fact, the scriptures say that they offered the, the, the poor person's sacrifice. You could either do two turtle doves or two pigeons. Pigeons were cheaper. That's what they offered. Like, totally unremarkable in the eyes of the world, in the eyes of the people that would have been standing around them, other than Simeon and Anna, totally ignored. But two people who did the will of God, who were docile, who had surrendered to God's purpose for their life. Mary especially, totally, totally immaculate, nothing in her heart that said no to God. And when God gave her this proposal to be the mother of his son Jesus, she said, be it done unto me according to thy will. We cannot underestimate the power of just a few people saying yes to God. Imagine what could happen on this campus, in this Newman Center, if, the, if when people walked into this building they said, I feel something here, even if they couldn't name it as the Holy Spirit. I feel something different in this place when I'm around these people, when I'm praying with them. Something contagious, some goodness, some beauty that I don't see out there in the world. Because just a few of us have really said yes to God, have really acknowledged that he is here in our presence. He's come as a refiner's fire at Fuller's Life to change me, to purify me, to make me new. That this is what God is doing here and now in our midst on this Feast of the Presentation and all through the year. He's coming to us in humility and grace to change us into images of his goodness and grace.